showcasing beloved favorites and forgotten gems, this is The Archive with Jason Jury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. From Ramsgate in Kent, England, it's a very warm welcome once again to the second part of this edition of the Cinematic Sound Radio Podcast's Archive Show. I am your host, Jason Drury, podcaster, producer, 
had a letter read out on Tesmo Special, fan of Harry Hill and member of the IFMCA. Thank you very much again for joining us. Before we start, another crawl through film is its past and near present. I do mean crawl. I must not forget our cinematic sound radio patrons, the ones who have not switched off yet. If you want to join the Cinematic Sound Radio podcast patron, then please head over to patreon.com slash cinematic sound radio. I would also, if possible, like you to rate and review this show. We do like to read what you think of this show. We really do. We really, really do. And if you're very lucky, I may even read out your review on the show. Yeah, alright. And of course, as always, if you're listening to part two and we haven't listened yet to part one, I admire your rebellious attitude. So like part one, this show is concentrating on releases of archival scores which were released at around Christmas 2022, right up to the early months of 2023. We started this show in great style with the main title of the long-awaited deluxe edition of Danny Elfman's 2002 score to Spider-Man, the first installment of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy, which had a screenplay by David Corrip. The film starred Tobey Maguire, who appeared, as you may know, appeared in the recent Spider-Man film, No Way Home, as the title character, alongside Willem Dafoe also appeared in the recent film, as well as Kirsten Dunst, James Frankow, Cliff Robertson and Rosemary Harris. Now this new album was released as part of the final batch of releases before Christmas by La La Land Records. And it is a film music fan's dream with a remastering of the original 40 minute album and finally at long last, 20 years in the waiting, the complete score in all of its glory, finishing with nearly 40 minutes of alternate cues. Three full discs of utter film music goodness. Now, get on releasing two and three, please. Did somebody say we should play some more on this show? Well, your wish is my command. Here is music for one of the many action set pieces of the movie. This is the film version of the Q Parade Attack. Hang on to your seat.
Battle's Parade Attack from the 2002 superhero action movie Spider-Man with original score composed by Danny Elfman and performed by the Hollywood Studio Symphony Orchestra conducted by Pete Anthony. The original soundtrack recording of the complete score was released in a three disc set. Yes, three discs. One, two, three. This included the remastering of the original album just before Christmas 2022 by La La Land Records. And I'm still excited about this release and it's now March. <laughs> this is The Archive with Jason Jury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. A lovely piece of shore there. Now, next up we have music from Mary Queen of Scots, the 1971 biographical film based on the life of Mary Stuart, Queen of Scotland, written by John Hale and directed by Charles Jarrett. The all-star British cast was led by Vanessa Redgrave as the title character and Glenda Jackson as Elizabeth I. Jackson had previously played the part of Elizabeth in the BBC TV drama Elizabeth R, screened in February and March in 1971, the first episode of which was also written by Hale. The film also had an exceptional supporting cast, which included Patrick McGowan, Daniel Massey, Trevor Howard, Ian Holm, Nigel Davenport and Timothy Dalton. Like the play by Frederick Schiller in 1800 and the opera by Gato Donizetti, in 1835, the film takes considerable liberties with history in order to achieve increased dramatic effect, in particular two fictitious meetings of the two queens who never met in real life. The film received mixed reviews with criticism of the screenplay, running length and, his and historical inaccuracies. Personally, I didn't have any problem with the film length after having seen it recently. It also brought back some bit of nostalgia as it had an overture and interview music, more of which later. However, it received praise for the leading female performances, its production values and the musical score. More of that coming up. At the 44th Academy Awards, the film received five nominations, including Best Actress for Redgrave. For Mary Queen of Scots, American producer Hal Wallace wanted the Englishman who composed the powerful Oscar-winning choral score for The Lion in Winter to write the music for the film, John Barry. Director Gerard agreed, being very enthusiastic for Barry to become involved in the project. Barry's work on the film began even before the production began shooting when screenwriter John Hale discovered a poem that Mary had written and dedicated to her beloved Bothwell and Vanessa Redgrave was going to perform it in the film. The poem is entitled Vive et Moa, which Barry set to music. <laughs> Thank you. 
silence à quoi j'étudierai pour toujours vous complaire sans aimer rien que vous sous la subjection Compared to the Lana Winter, Barry's approach for Mary Queen of Scots was different, with the emphasis this time on intimacy, with an orchestra of between 55 and 67 players, and providing us a score of few orchestral statements. One of which clearly is the cue Not Through My Realm, which also became the film's overture and interview music, and also begins the suite you are shortly about to hear. According to Barry, compared to Lionel Winter, Ray Queen of Scots was a chamber piece. But Barry's score did earn a well-deserved Academy Award nomination and would be the first of two occasions that he actually didn't win, the other being in 1992 with Chaplin, the end title of which finished the first part of his edition of the archive. Ultimately dignified and regal, romantic and bittersweet, John Barry's music for Mary Queen of Scots evokes the period, enhances the atmosphere and underlines the emotions, and is rightly thought of as one of Barry's most undisputed masterpieces. And as John Burlingame says in the book Music by John Barry, released in 2022, like all great film music, it remains a captivating musical experience apart from the images that inspire it. Decker Records released an album coinciding with the film's original release, which was wonderfully produced by John Barry. But while the album contained most of the score highlights, it ran for just 28 minutes, with little more than half of what Barry actually recorded for the film at CTS Studios in London. The recent release by Quartet Records, just before Christmas 2022, marks the first time the entire score has been available to listen to, thanks to a recent discovery of previously unknown tape rolls at the Universal Votes. In this release, Quartet featured first the original Decca release remastered in stereo, 
and the entire school presentation in mono as it has survived and it is that presentation from where my suite we're about to hear comes from. So here now is music from the 1971 historical biographical film Mary Queen of Scots with original score wonderfully composed and conducted by John Barry.
Fantasy music from the 1971 biographical film Mary Queen of Scots, a visual score composed and conducted by John Barry. And remastered by friend of the show, friend of the station, Chris Malone. The visual soundtrack recording was released for the first time ever in its complete form in December 2022 by Quartet Records. The home for beloved favourites and forgotten gems... This is The Archive with Jason Jury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. We've had the failures of Tom Curtin in 1966 and Topaz in 1969. Director Alfred Hitchcock returned to the UK to shoot his next picture, which would turn out to be the penultimate feature film of his extensive career. The film was entitled Frenzy, made in 1972 with a screenplay by Anthony Schaefer, based on the 1966 novel Goodbye Piccadilly, Farewell Leicester Square by Arthur L. Byrne. The film featured a cast that included John Finch, Alec McCarran and Barry Foster and featuring Billy Whitelaw, Anna Massey, Barbara Lee Hunt, Bernard Cribbins and Vivian Merchant. The plot centres on a serial killer in contemporary London and the ex-RAF serviceman he implicates. Actor Barry Foster said that in order to prepare for his role, he was asked by Hitchcock to study two books about Neville Heath, an English 
serial killer who would often pass himself off as an officer in the RAF. For the school, Herman first turned to Hemi Mancini. Its opening theme is written as a Bachian organ adante, opening in D minor for organ and orchestra with an ensemble of string and brass, and was intended to express the formality of the grey London landmarks, but Hitchcock thought it sounded a bit like Bernard Herrmann. According to Mancini, Hitchcock came to the recording session, listened a while, and said, Look, if I wanted Bernard Herrmann, I would have hired him. You know, somebody said to me once, Hey, Jason, do you do impressions? And I said, oh, I don't. After some discussions behind the scenes, Mancini was relieved of his duties. Mancini kept insisting that his score never sounded at all like Bernard Herrmann. The experience of working on Fenzik would be a painful topic for the composer for years to come. But in my opinion, listening to the score as a new listener, I think Mancini was right. It does not sound at all like Bernard Herrmann. Actually, if you listen to it, I found it to be the embryo of of a later dramatic score by Henry Mancini that he would compose in 1985, which would partially be thrown out as well. The score which was re-released last year on Entrada Records with his music for Life Force. So, with Mancini gone, Hitchcock then hired the celebrated British composer Ron Goodwin to compose what can be described as a lighter yet still a suspenseful score. For the main title, a panoramic shot over the Thames, Goodwin wrote a majestic melody, ornated with trumpets and timpani. Goodwin, supplied with extensive notes by Hitchcock, even discussed the film with his predecessor on the score, Mancini, coming to the conclusion that uh, the relationship between Hitchcock and Mancini on the original score came down to a case of communication problems. Neither of the two scores for Frenzy had been released in any form until December 2022, where both scores were released on one disc by Quartet Records. An interesting part of this release is we get to hear descriptions of the music which Goodwin composed for Hitchcock when he sent the music down for his approval. Zoom or Skype were not around in those days, so it's a fascinating insight of composer-director communication. This is 2M1, which starts as Blaney's foot crushes the grapes and continues as he goes through Oxford Street into the alley and eventually into the Blaney Agency and up the stairs and finishes underneath Monica's dialogue. This is 12M1, which starts on the hospital ward, goes through Blaney's escape from the hospital, through the scene with uh, <coughs> Oxford on the telephone, Oxford in the car with the Sergeant Spearman, Blaney entering Rusk's house and up the stairs, finishes on <coughs> Blaney opening Rusk's door. About six minutes into this take, you will hear some extraneous noises from the stage, uh, very unmusical. Um, we have made another section take just to cover that so on the night it'll be perfectly all right when we've edited it over. 
So now, for what may be a first on the Cinematic Sound Radio podcast, I'm going to play you two scores composed for one film. I know recently Eric Woods played one score that appeared in two films, music from Freud, which also appeared in Alien, but on this occasion, you'll be hearing music from Henry Mancini's Rejected Score, followed soon after by a suite of the film's final original score, composed and conducted by Ron Goodwin. Which one was best? I'll leave that for you, dear listener, to decide.
the air and streaming on the web since 1996, this is the Cinematic Sound Radio Network.
That was music from the 1972 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller Frenzy. The original score of which was composed and conducted by Ron Goodwin. But preceding that, you heard music from the rejected score for Frenzy, composed and conducted by Henry Mancini. Both scores have been released on a CD, painstakingly produced, restored and mastered by Mike Matissino for Quartet Records. This is The Archive with Jason Jury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. Now next up is a recent release at time of recording in March 2023 from our good friend at Intrada Records. The Faculty from 1998 is a science fiction horror film directed by Robert Rodriguez and written by Kevin Williamson. The film starred Jordana Brewster, Joss Harnett, Frank Yangson, Papa Lowy, Robert Patrick and Elijah Wood. The film is set in a high school where the students suspect the teaching staff of being aliens who are intent on making the students their victims. Now the music for this film was composed by Marco Beltrami, best known at the time for his work on the Scream films from the same studio as the faculty, Dimension Films. So he was best known as a horror film composer, which according to the liner notes written by Tim Grieving, was quite ironic since he wasn't really familiar with horror scores of the time. Quote, I never really enjoyed horror movies or scary movies. I avoided them, so I wasn't familiar with any of the conventions. I didn't know the Halloween movies. I didn't know the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I didn't know any of these things that were referenced a lot by the writers of these movies. The movies weren't literal. They were sort of an exaggeration of emotion and had a bit of an over-the-top feel to them. A little bombastic, which I think was almost like my reaction to the movies as well, because I wasn't jaded at all. So my reaction to seeing this stuff was over-the-top. It seemed fitting for me to write this kind of music that was in a language that I was comfortable with, and somehow it formed a basis for the musical groundwork of these movies." Unquote. Working with newly found sound wizard Buck Saunders, Beltrami worked on a sound for the aliens. And as the breed of alien needed water to survive, Saunders found the appropriate liquid sound using a guitar and a PC audio program called WaveLab. Also, whilst reading Robert Heinlein's sci-fi novel The Puppet Masters, which was one of the inspirations of the movie, Saunders found some fun quotes to sample for the whispering effects throughout the score, including terms such as schedule bareback, Darbeat Sue, one of us, and Helena Handbasket. Now the official album for the faculty at the time only included the film's numerous rock songs. 25 years later from that release, finally Michael Beltrami's wonderfully over-the-top horrific and at times even romantic score is now finally available to listen to in its full glory from, as I said, our good friends at Intrada Records. So here now is music from the 1998 science fiction horror film The Faculty 
with original score composed and conducted by Marco Beltrami.
Baffer's music from the 1998 science fiction horror film The Faculty, with original score composed and conducted by Marco Beltrami and performed by the Hollywood Studio Symphony Orchestra, with additional music composed by Kevin Manfi. The original soundtrack recording was released in March 2023 by Intrada Records. And with that amazing fact, we have sadly come to end of part two of this edition of the Archive on the Cinematic Sound Radio Podcast. The theme from the Archive was composed by David Cosina. I leave you with an end title piece from another of La La Land's Christmas releases in December 2022. This one was composed by the great John Williams. Armistead, the 1997 historical drama directed by, of course, Steven Spielberg. Based on the events of, in 1839, aboard a Spanish slave ship, Le Armistead, during which many tribesmen abducted for the slave trade managed to gain control of their captured ship off the coast of Cuba, and the international legal battle that followed their capture by the Washington, a US revenue cutter. The case ultimately resolved by the US Supreme Court in 1841. The film featured an all-star cast which included Morgan Freeman, Nigel Hawthorne, Anthony Hopkins, Jimon Hunso, Matthew McConaughey, Peter Puffiswaite and Stellan Starsgard. The score, a breathtaking fusion of orchestral Americana with African percussion rhythms and vocal chanting, received its definitive release at last by La La Land Records, with a two-disc presentation produced, produced, edited and mastered by Mike Matissano in consultation with the composer and director. There is so much music to enjoy in this two-disc set, but what we're going to play for you now is the score's end title piece, and probably the most well-known piece of the score, Dry Your Tears, Africa. But this time you'll be hearing an alternate take of that cue, that not only ended the film and William's score, but also was the last track of this new two-disc release. So, to end part two of this edition of the Archive on the Cinematic Sound Radio podcast, here is an alternate version of Dry Your Tears, Africa, from the 1997 American historical drama directed by Steven Spielberg, Armistead, Dead, with music composed and conducted by John Williams. Thank you so much for joining us once again. I do hope you've enjoyed both parts of this edition of the Archive on the Cinematic Sound Radio podcast. And until we meet again, from me, Jason Drury, is take care and happy listening.
that completes our music, sir. Good night, sir. Our next session is Friday morning. Thank you for tuning in to the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. I want to thank Tim Burden for providing his voice for all the bumpers and stingers you hear throughout the program, and David Cosina for providing Cinematic Sound Radio's theme music. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email us at cinematicsound at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media at Sinsound Radio on Twitter and Cinematic Sound on Facebook. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment right now to rate the show and write a brief review. Reviews help introduce potential listeners to the show. And while you're at it, head over to Tee Public to get a Cinematic Sound Radio t-shirt. And don't forget to check out Cinematic Sound Radio at cinematicsound.net. <laughs>